This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain, Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat-up old running shoes, Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery, well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Radio Times podcast. We are live, and the audience will prove it in a sec, from the BFI and the Radio Times Television Festival at the South Bank in London. Let's hear everybody. (laughs) Welcome to the Radio Times podcast, uh, which is the definitive guide to what's worth watching on the telly. And as ever, my co-host and screen expert, Rihanna Dillon, is with me. Hello. How are you? I am very well, thank you. Thriving in front of a live audience. I know, it's good. It's a nice (laughs) vibe. We've got some very intelligent and attractive people with us this afternoon. Not one of them is here for either you or me, but we are (laughs) just pretending that isn't the brutal reality of it all. We've got a very, very special guest on our podcast. Yes, who have we got? We have got Kit Connor, Nick Nelson himself, joining us to talk all about Heartstopper. And just in case anyone doesn't know, and I can't believe they don't, Heartstopper, I think I'm right in saying this because it's a stat I've tried to learn, Heartstopper is in the top 10 in over 50 countries across the globe on Netflix right now. Yeah, and I think that's due to this one chap who's watched it 40 times yeah. already. <laughs> Somebody's already in every country. Yeah. <laughs> but we've already determined that almost everybody in the audience has seen the whole thing at least twice. Yeah. So this show has made an incredible impression. Um, but what else have we got this week? We're going to be talking about a new dating show, Five Dates a Week. More on that later. Emergency, which is a great thriller, which I'm excited to talk to you about. And also Pistol, which is all about a band that actually I think the majority of our audience won't have heard of. The Sex Pistols. (laughs) Can we just have the hands up, those of us who were around when the Sex Pistols were? I'm certainly happy to put my hand up. Yeah, (laughs) thank you. Okay, there's a a decent sprinkling of the more intellectual folk in the audience who do remember, do remember the Sex Pistols. I love that intellectual there was a word for older well, yeah, I, I think they're interchangeable. Okay. I think they, they basically go together. I was telling Rihanna earlier that I actually, 
Well, I slightly exaggerated it because journalists do that kind of thing. I said I knew a Sex pistol. I don't. It's just that Paul Cook, the drummer in the Sex Pistols, lives in the same part of London as me. <laughs> and I often see him. And do you know what? He's the most immaculately dressed guy. He? And he often wears a cravat. Now, you don't often see a cravat. Especially not on a sex pistol. Oh, well, he's he's a retired like sex pistol. That's not though, the most he? anarchic thing someone no. could wear. I think he's retired from being anarchic right. as well, actually, <laughs> uh, between you and me. But anyway, uh, there's a lot to talk about, there really is. And plus, we actually saw each other this week socially. We went we, on a little date. We did. We had a date night at Top Gun Maverick. Yes. It was a press screening of the film that I think a lot of people are very excited about. It was good fun, wasn't it? I loved it. I Because Top Gun, I think can go either way. I mean, it's a classic film. Can go either way. Well, as in, you know, I don't think everyone is a huge, huge fan of Top Gun. But actually, I went in thinking it was just going to be a bit more of the same. And it was brilliant. I laughed a lot because yeah. it's very, very cheesy. It is but it, cheesy. it completely lent into that. And Tom Cruise can still do it like no other. And I kind of hate to admit that. Can we put that to the audience, actually? Um, well, I mean, based on what you know of Tom Cruise, can he still do it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, he's hovering, I think, perilously close to sixty, isn't he? I mean, and I can talk. Um, uh, he's very. You leant over at one point and just went, "He's very energetic, isn't he?" <laughs> he, is, he is quite energetic. There's a lot of acrobatic fighter plane action, which some of which left me cold. But listen, if you want two hours of solid entertainment, you're going to enjoy this, aren't you? Oh, you absolutely will. Yeah. You really will. Um, I should say uh, a slight feminist note here that some of the women who appeared in the first Top Gun have not made a return for this film. Uh, that's Meg Ryan and Kelly McGillis are absent for this. Too old. I mean, literally, that's why I think they've been really? axed, which is, that, is, is it, so is, depressing. It is depressing. Considering that Tom Cruise is able to do whatever he wants in this he movie. He can still strut his stuff. Yeah. However, I don't think that is going to stop people flocking to the film. And actually, in all honesty, I can't actually say that I wouldn't recommend it because I... If you just want entertainment, listen, go. I'm sure you will anyway. OK, uh, because we want to have a lot of time with Kit, as much as we can possibly have, let's get on with this week's reviews. Um, five Dates a Week. This is new on Channel 4. Starts Sunday, the 29th of May at 10 o'clock. It is also released as a box set. Uh, we'll have a clip in a second, but Rihanna, what's Five Dates a Week about? Well, it is, it's a dating show where five people have to live in the same house as the person they are trying to win the heart of. And it's over, it's over one week. Well, so we're led to believe. Well, yeah. yeah, but it's all kind of consolidated into an hour's telly, mm. which makes the, I think, those long drawn out processes of trying to decide who to pick is suddenly feels a lot less at stake somehow when it's in three minutes rather than a... Yeah, it's also set in a place they've called Cupid Cottage. <laughs> Yeah, Excuse me quite. while I go and bomb. It, it, it is a little nauseating. So let's just revel in a clip from Five Dates a Week. Here we go. Michael must soon choose which of the five girls he has to leave first. So at the moment, as it stands, I have an extremely difficult decision to make. Um, they're not making it easy on me. It's time for Michael to reveal which girl will be first to leave Cupid Cottage. So the person who I'm going to be sending home tonight, well, I believe she uh, just doesn't like me in general. You know, it doesn't have that uh, attraction to me. I do have an announcement to make um, because, of course, there's only four beds and there's five of you. So <laughs> it, uh, I've had an amazing time with all of you today. He just really does not give much away at all, so I really don't know who, who who he could be sending home. It could be me. I don't think I'm going today, no. 
I've already eaten my suitcase. <laughs> so, uh, I've made the decision that the person that will be leaving the cottage tonight will be... Tenderhooks there. Wow. Um, does anybody else feel they've been here before? <laughs> I just... Well, you tell me, is this any good? I know what I think. Well, I... Yeah, I do think this already feels like a tired format, doesn't it? I think it might be the first in its series, but it's a spin-off of something really similar from Channel 4. And I just, I just find it exhausting now, the different ways that we have to conjure up partners for each other and the thing that it ends up being based on you know they're not really getting to know each other within no. within a, a week or whatever and the other thing that I do find a little bit weird which dating shows have started to do now is bringing parents on board like meeting the parents yes. immediately you know and oh well if my mum likes her then that's okay then she might get through to the next round we should say there is a truly terrifying mother yes in this first his show mother. yeah his mum is you don't want to mess with her no. no and it's just that's such a weird i mean yeah fine for you know if you're trying to do something entertaining great but it's Isn't not like... your fiance's mum um with us this afternoon uh, oh. she is yes <laughs> thank you for yeah. piling on the pressure yeah um, Hi, Mary. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but it is inc- it is you know if if micah said I like you, but we're going to have to wait to see what my mum thinks of you before we go any further. Mm. That would send you running for the hills, I think. It absolutely would. And it's, you know, that's you're, you're trying to appeal to two very different audiences there with a son and mother. And when you've only, you don't even know the son well enough, how on earth you really are you supposed to... You don't care about to... his mum, do you? No, <laughs> exactly. no you actually don't. Uh, I find myself spending a lot of time just admiring the cottage. Yes. Yeah. And um, there are <laughs> the some... property porn. Yeah, some very yeah. nice interiors here yeah. if you're into that kind of thing. Um... <laughs> I meant interiors of the cottage, obviously, um, not anything else. Um, I don't know how much fruitier this show gets and I find myself really not caring. No, um, I mean, he, he literally, he opens the door, this guy, and he says, Honeys, I'm home. And you think, yeah. how long was he, how long did he work on that one? Honestly, it is, they ha- do have some real zingers. And I think these sorts of shows are just edited quite horribly because they're trying to fit, as, cram in as much yeah. as possible into one show. But it just, you end up exactly not caring because everyone feels, so shallow but can I just say I think maybe on a summer's evening perhaps when you've got back from the pub maybe this will hit the spot (sighs) or maybe I'm just talking about me okay (laughs) maybe Um, not it's five dates a week on channel four starts Sunday the 29th of May at 10 o'clock and you can also just gorge on the whole thing as a box set if you really want to put yourself through it Um, (laughs) right coming up it is emergency that's a new satirical teen thriller which won best film at the Sundance Film Festival and we'll also talk about Pistol that is the new Danny Boyle adaptation it's all about the Sex Pistols how the group got together and what they achieved first though on Friday we did learn that in the most unsurprising news of the millennium (laughs) so far Heartstopper is returning for two more series Um, so that's incredible Incredible, really. It is based, as you almost all know, on the graphic novel uh, by the author and illustrator Alice Osman, and she is going to be involved in series two and three as well. So that proves just how authentic it's going to be. Um, Heartstopper's weekly book sales in America have increased by 1,700%. <laughs> On Rotten Tomatoes, the series has a 100% rating. Fresh, yeah, of course. On TikTok, Heartstopper has now amassed over 4.3 
billion views. <laughs> and the series is currently in the Netflix top 10 in 54 countries. Is everybody ready for the trailer for Heartstopper? <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> Such a tease. Hypothetically, what sort of boy do you want to go out with? Happy New Year, true boy. Well, if it isn't Charlie Spring, Happy New Year. You're over there, next to Nicholas Nelson. Nick Nelson. He is the star player on the rugby team. We are a trio of borderline outcasts. He's different. Hey. It's literally just another silly crush. It's not a crush. Hi. 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 Come on. Dream guy. I don't know. Just someone I can have a laugh with. He's the straightest person I have ever seen. Thank you. How do I stop liking someone? Specifically a straight guy. Uh, the question for the ages. I had something I wanted to ask you. Do you want to go out with me? Do you want to join the rugby team? What? Why are the other team literal adult men? So, does anyone remember the rules of rugby? For them. <laughs> What's going on? Nick's lost all his friends. He's getting into fights. Do you ever feel like you're only doing things because everyone else is and you're scared to change? Just miss how things used to be with the four of us. You're a good friend. I know. If he is even slightly mean to you, okay, you'll murder him. I was going to say it. Send him a strongly worded DM, but murder's fine too. There we go, right. Um, I was going to say, can we please welcome Kit Connor to the stage? This is your I, your first ever IRL podcast. This is my it. first ever. I've done a few uh, over Zoom, and it's always a little bit strange because you sort of having a, a very intimate conversation with someone that you've never actually seen in person. So this is nice. Isn't is it nice? nice? Do you think they look like nice people? <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at all of the faces, and I'm thinking, yeah, lots of nice people here. Lots of nice people. It's very, very difficult to talk about the success of Heartstopper. It must be really tricky for you. To what degree were you prepared? for what's happened? I think I wasn't even remotely prepared, to be honest, because it, it always felt very, like, personal to all of us. Like, it always felt a sort of quite small, quite sort of low-scale show, and it didn't really feel like anyone was going to watch it, to be honest. I think Joe said, uh, Joe Locke, obviously, that when the first sort of review came out, Obviously, it, it was a really, really lovely review. It was a five-star review. We were all just over the moon, but we had kind of forgotten that people were actually going to watch it and, like, review it. So, I mean, we're lucky that it was a good one and not a bad one, because that would have been quite quite bad. It's been pretty amazing, to be honest. Uh, but I don't think you can ever be quite prepared for the kind of reaction that we've had. What were the, some of the conversations that you were having with your fellow cast members during the filming about the kind of show this is and could be? I think that... Everyone was sort of telling us that it could be really big yeah. um, and that it could really have, like, a big impact on a lot of people. And that's obviously, that's kind of a lot of pressure to have as an actor when you're sort of 
making a show. So it was nice that kind of none of us really, we all felt that it was important and it, it was important to us, more importantly. Um, but we didn't really, no one really thought in the cast that it would do, you know, anything near what it actually has done. So, you know, we've all sort of approached this as a group, as a team, as like a family, uh, the cast, because we're all going through it together, you know, every single step, you know, going to different events and doing interviews and and doing wonderful stuff like this. You know, we're all doing it together and, and you know, we can talk about it. So it's, it's been a good support system. Just on a personal level, is it your Instagram followers went up really dramatically almost overnight? Just t- tell, yeah. tell us the story of what well, happened. Yeah, so uh, before I even stepped on the Heartstopper, I think I was around, I was under 10K. Uh, and then I think the night before Heartstopper was released, I was at around 200,000 followers. Within a week, I was at a million and then two million. And then I just sort of, I tried to stop looking a little bit. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think I'm, uh, I've gone past three million now, somewhere around there. Insane. Jane? What, what are you at? <laughs> <at the moment? laughs> Last checked, 652. Um, <laughs> mark that statistic, so I had something to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. You are doing your A-levels, aren't you? I am. Um, anybody else in the room doing their A-levels? Yeah, okay, well. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're, we're all a bit sorry for you. because You're all skiving revision right now, which I love. Yeah, you should all be somewhere else. You do know that, don't you? Yeah. Um, including you, actually. Kim. I very much should be, yeah. Uh, I've got my first one on Thursday. Which, which is it? History of Soviet Russia. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's not, it's not looking good. It's as grim as it sounds. Yeah. It's actually, ironically, it's one of my better exams. One of my worst ones is drama, unfortunately. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, this is weird, because obviously everybody in the room would expect you to do brilliantly well in drama. Mm. Um, can, I, can I ask what your predicted grade for drama is? <sighs> well, for my mock, I got a D, uh, which isn't, it's just not bad. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not awful, but it's not, it's not an A star and it's not anything like that. It's more because, I think, to be fair, I, I actually answered one of the wrong questions in my mock. Oh, okay. Um, going back to Heartstopper, I was thinking, you know, obviously there is our central story between, with you and Joe. But when you're not in the scenes that are also garnering so much attention, which of those are your favourite of the sort of subplots, which have you really enjoyed as a viewer? I mean, as a viewer, I think I was still in that scene, but there's this amazing, amazing scene, uh, which is my sort of favourite scene, full stop. Uh, my favourite moment in the show is with Tara and Darcy. Uh, we're at the party. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's just like they uh, have their, like, sort of really... Just this public kiss, and it's just... Like, when I was there and filming it, my reaction is completely and utterly genuine. It was just like this cinematic, just incredible sort of spectacle to see, you know, with the lighting and just, it was like the sort of seas parted and you just saw, it was, yeah, it was incredible. And I still get goosebumps every time I see that scene. One of the most amazing things about the script is that, you know, I think it's actually in the, um, the, the version of the graphic novel that was released with, uh, with Joe and I on the cover, I think it has some script pages. And there are actually, one of the things that drew me to it was there are these things called heartstopper moments in the script where they literally have Alice's illustrations just around the, the words. And I remember that moment, it was just like a rainbow, sort of star rainbow all around that moment in the script. And I was just like, that's going to be incredible. And it was. So, yeah. 
And the fact that um, it, it's, it's a story that will mean a great deal to many people who watch it. What do you think about that, about the fact that this is a series with a very special place in a lot of people's hearts? No, no pun intended. Well done. Thank yeah, you, I think, thank I you. Think it's, um, <laughs> I, I think it's pretty, it's pretty incredible, really. Um, I'm 18. You know, to be able to do a show like Heartstopper at, at the age that I did it, you know, I was 17 when I filmed it. Seeing different things like people using scenes to come out to their parents mm. is just, like, unbelievable. To be playing a role, sort of going into it, we knew that the graphic novels have had a big impact on people's lives. So, you know, going into it, we knew that it had the potential to do that, but then it could also just crash and burn and we could really just ruin it for a lot of people. So just the more people that you can help and, and help feel seen and sort of comforted. That's the, that's the goal. And I imagine we know it's popular all over the world. It'll be watched in countries where, frankly, it isn't easy to be your real self, your true self. Yeah. Um, and that's, that must be something that it's, it's a, quite a responsibility for, for, not just for you, but for the whole, the whole cast, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that the fact that it's on Netflix and it's worldwide and it's for literally everyone, it's sort of so easy to watch it's four hours and it's so light and warm just generally happy you know yeah. this show is a yeah. safe space with a, as you described that lovely warm fuzziness about it occasionally what's wrong with that there's so much just darkness and like grittiness which is great sometimes you know it's, it's cool to watch things like euphoria where it's just loads of really, you know, hot people just sort of doing. I think crazy it's terrible, stuff. kit actually. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's 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 you know that's a very common thing in media. Yeah. So yeah. it's nice to have things that are just like just happy. I think that's it. I think what I loved about this was that we come to a group of friends who you feel actually already do sort of are comfortable with their identity. They know who they are by this point, and it's. It's your character that is the one that's struggling with that. He's only just starting that journey, whereas actually a lot of, like Elle, for example, has already been on that journey and we've not seen it, but we've seen her come out the other side. That was like a real pleasure. But could, is that something that you could relate to at being that sort of age and still not quite sure of where you fit in with friends, with, you know, groups, whoever? I think that Nick, for me, is like one of the most relatable characters in the show. But I think that for a lot of people, just that that concept of feeling a bit like a fish out of water and not quite knowing where you fit and then having that sort of moment of realisation. For him, Charlie is sort of like home, you know? It makes him feel more comfortable than he ever really has felt before. Congratulations as well on the new series. We uh, are yeah, thank you. As so excited. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was as excited as you are, to be honest. I'm so, so, so excited to go back back to set, back to Truham and, and see all my friends again. And we have no idea what's going to come next. Do you have anything that you sort of hope will happen? I don't mean necessarily plot points, but more just do you have an idea of where you want Nick's journey to go? Um, I mean, obviously, like, as you said, I have absolutely no clue. I, I putting all my trust into Alice. But in terms of, I suppose, what I'd like to see for Nick, I think just the strengthening of... Uh, Nick and Charlie's relationship. You know, in season one, you very much see the sort of the the young love and the sort of beginnings of their relationship. And I think that it would be lovely, you know, not just to act, but also just to see as well their relationship just sort of get stronger and blossom. That'd be really nice. 
Do you have? Um, I, I hear a lot of talk these days about intimacy coaches on set. Did you did you have help with those scenes? We did. We had a wonderful intimacy coordinator called David Thackeray who. Uh, has done stuff like It's a Sin and Sex Education, uh, you know, really intense intimacy scenes. So, you know, for for us, it was a piece of cake for him. You know? It was really <laughs> just just a bit of smooching, really. So that was, that was nice. Um, but I think that it's like, things like that can be really odd. Being in a room with maybe 20 people and then just sort of staring into someone's eyes and start... Just snogging is a really <laughs> odd thing. Did you? Was there a temptation to laugh? I mean, yeah, yeah. loads, okay. loads, loads. Um, I always tell the story of of Joe having like coffee breath. Coffee breath. I've heard this. Yeah, because it's true. Like I'm not making it up. Um, <laughs> I did that you and I, He hates me for it, but it's true. <laughs> but I think that that one of the things about having David there, um, and he's always there. He's so. he's every like okay. anything from holding hands to hugging, to, to kissing, anything. Like, he's always there. And it just gives you that layer of comfort and that layer of support. But also, first things first, you feel safer. But also, he helps you kind of create a more uh, interesting scene uh, and a more interesting sort of bit of intimacy. Because, I don't know from everyone else's perspective, but, like, Sometimes first kisses don't look that nice, um, and, they, and sometimes your last kiss doesn't look that nice. Some, sometimes just kissing just doesn't look that filmic almost. Mm, yeah. So especially that that kiss uh, in episode eight when they're in the corridor. Sorry to spoil anything, but um, <laughs> I think they yeah, think they're fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, I think from this conversation we get it. They kiss. Yeah. So um, that last kiss uh, in the corridor was just like we almost wanted it to be a sort of like old Hollywood kiss, you know. Like really, uh, there's a bit of slow motion in there. Like it, mm. we just wanted it to be like a really classic, just romance mm. moment. Um, and we couldn't have done that without without David, just because it's it's nice having those eyes. Uh, you know, that sort of third person, just someone staring at you, snogging is is always good. <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. With Capella University's FlexPath format, you can set your own deadlines, learn at your pace, and access most coursework from anywhere at any time. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations at Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between, offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthierhappenstogether. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Is it hard for someone of your age, 18, to fully appreciate that this would have been utterly impossible? I'm going to say 10 years ago, actually. I'm maybe a couple of people in the audience nodding along with that. I mean, um, 20, 30 years ago, I mean, forget it. Yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, certainly when I was growing up, there was nothing of this mm. nature. It's something that you just can't really take for granted, to be honest. No. Um, the fact that we're able to make a show like Heartstopper is 
such a honor and such a privilege to be able to just live in a time when we can do that. This is, you know, what I always preach about Heartstopper is that it is just showing queer people being happy and you just, there is never enough of that. Yeah. And um, in terms of how your family are treating your success, which is, let's face it, enormous and relatively sudden. I know you've done a big roles before. I'd like in particular you to tell me the story you told me earlier. Yeah. This yeah. is a very professional way of getting a good anecdote out of yes, him. You're just like Graham Norton. Again, I know, I'm classically just like Graham. done, classic. <laughs> if only I had his salary. Um, <laughs> about what your brother has in his student bedroom. Yeah, so my, my brother's at uni and I always used to basically take the mick out of him because he has a he doesn't have the biggest room and I used to buy him sort of big things to put in his room um, so <laughs> like I got what? him mostly cardboard cutouts of different people <laughs> but like things like uh, like Danny DeVito I got him one I mean you could have um, gone bigger I've got to be honest <laughs> but it, it does take quite a lot of room out actually so then we he basically sent me a, a message that he'd bought a cardboard cutout of me um, so now I'm basically just always there and it's a, it's a picture of me in a tux so I'm just sort of there um, giving him a bit of a kind of... Blue steel. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, sort of just just staring at him while he sleeps, which is, which is nice. <laughs> I think any brother should have that. Uh, but yeah, he bought that. It was a very nice surprise. Heartstopper is obviously so many people's comfort watch now. Like, you know, people are watching on repeat, on repeat, wherever, and they take it with them on their phones, etc. What's your comfort watch? What have you been watching that you can just completely switch off and engage with? I've got a few, to be honest. Yeah. Um, in terms of a film, it's really, I don't know why, but like Notting Hill has always oh. been like my, I just, I, I just put it on. Can you uh, say whoops a daisy just the... whoops a daisies Yeah, um, great. Yeah, it's, the, it's the Hugh Grant audition right yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, no, honestly, I have the, like such a fat crush on, on, on Hugh Grant. Like it's just like, I remember just talking to Joe. There's actually the picture where we were announced Basically, they just tell you, like, especially when you're doing a photo shoot, they just say, like, talk to each other. And then you're just like, well, I don't know what to talk about. So then I'm just thinking, my, in my mind, I just think, Hugh Grant, you know, <laughs> So I start talking about Notting Hill, and then he says, uh, at this point, I've known Joe for, like, a month, maybe, and he says that he hasn't seen Notting Hill. So I was just, I was about to, you know, I was going in, like, really. Uh, luckily, he's seen it now, but... Was it with you? No, I didn't watch it with him. I didn't want you would have been too I would have been too, yeah... Because if he didn't like it, I would have been really annoyed at him. Um, but yeah, I don't know why. It's just a really nice comfort film. Just love it. And then for a show, actually, I think, to be honest, every single interview that I've ever, ever had, I've spoken about normal people. And I just oh, yeah. think that it's just... it. it I mean, I don't know why, because it just makes me cry every time. But there's just something about that show. Presumably after the exams are over, when does filming start again for Heartstopper? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't have any sort of official, official dates, hopefully in the next couple of months, hopefully. And can we rule out university for you then? We can, we can. Unless sort of the next two seasons come out and we just ruin it for everyone <laughs> and my career's over, then maybe I'll, go, maybe I'll go back to uni. I sort of feel that a lot of the stuff that you get from the social side of uni, you've had on set. You've kind yeah, of created your yeah, family, like, you found your people. Exactly, there. and even on the weekends, you know, we, we, we had a bit of time to sort of get to know each other and go out and have fun. But you yeah. won't be able to do that anymore, will you? No, well, yeah, we will. Will we'll, you? We'll find a way, we'll Why find not? a way, I'm sure. Well, I just think they might get a bit of attention. Oh, the mobbing, I think, yeah. 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 <laughs> not that they're too old for it or anything like that, but yeah. just there might be... It's, oh, we'll see, we'll ho hope so. I mean, it's always not. that's the thing, it's always nice, like... <laughs> Um, it can be a slightly overwhelming when you have like a load, a load of people sort of 
coming up to you, but, yeah. but I think for the most part, it's lovely. We were talking earlier about Tom Cruise. Now, he is, and he's literally <laughs> over 60. Um, do you anticipate staying in this business for that long? And do, do you, could you do, like, action-type roles? Would you love to do those sorts of things? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'd be able to do action roles. Um, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm open to everything, and I'm very much um, keen to stay in the industry for as long as I can. Um, but I just want to stay in, in it for as long as it sort of stays fun. If I can make it to Tom Cruise level, then that would be... wouldn't be bad, would it? Like, yeah. it, w- it would be all right, yeah. yeah. Um, Kit, you've been such an interesting guest. Thank you so much for coming on. We thank really so appreciate much. it. I know everybody here just wants to say thank you just for coming and also for the show, which uh, has made so many people so happy. So thank you very much. Thanks, thank you. Kit. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Um, he was great, wasn't he? Wasn't he great? Lovely guy. Lovely guy. What a sweetheart. <sighs> well, I can't think of a word of criticism for him, so we'll have to move on. <laughs> um, well, that was the brilliant Kit Connor. We really want to thank him for coming along today. And we have a review now of... This is a good film, actually, and I hope a lot of people get to see this. This is Emergency. It is on Prime Video uh, from the 27th of May. It is a 2022 American satirical thriller directed by Kerry Williams. It's a comedy about three college friends of colour weighing the risks of calling the authorities. Um, It's a really good premise, this, for a film. Have a quick look at the trailer. Dum 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 151 rum in a blunt young a legendary tour. We're going to seven parties tonight, bro. You should take it easy. Don't get Kunle into any trouble. That boy's black excellence. Oh, come on, come on. If we only gonna have five minutes when we get back to pregame, change, and leave. Where's Carlos? There's an unconscious white girl in our living room. What? Okay, she's, she's alive, but she called 911. Hey, stop! Are you crazy? We didn't do hey, anything hey, wrong. We don't have to do nothing wrong, Kunle. The cops are not gonna listen. They just gonna come in here and see three brown guys hanging over this little white girl. We looked everywhere, and we can track her on your phone. We can't just leave her somewhere. We take her to the hospital. Shotgun. We should just call 911. But you're It looks like she's in the car. What the hell is going on? We don't know who she is. Actually, she just told me that she's in high school. I knew nothing about it when I started watching. Yeah. It made me feel so tense. Yes. It makes the, you feel sick. It's utterly relentless and it does make you feel sick. Um, anyway, just explain exactly what this film well, is yeah, about. Well, yeah, so as you can see there, there are two of the boys are African-American. One of them is RJ Siler, who was in Me and Earl and the Dying Girl, which was a really beautiful film. Um, so it's really nice to see him again. But yeah, so... And the, and the third guy is uh, Latino. So they understandably have trust issues with the police struggling to call them when they have a girl that's unconscious in front of them it's a really difficult scenario well she's basically we find out she's stumbled into their accommodation hasn't she she stumbled in they don't know why she's also a high school student so it's they just know exactly what it's going to look like one of the boys is they in the in the film they sort of describe him as black excellence whereas the other one is 
is kind of seen as a More bit of a disappointment rebel. or, yeah. you know, he, he, yeah. So I think that's a really interesting cycle. He's got quite a different perspective and it isn't until it happens to him and suddenly the weight of everything that he has seen and heard about that he has somehow managed to distance himself from suddenly comes crashing down. And we know, we know exactly everything that will be flashing through their minds, all of the images, all of the news footage. It really gets to you, this film. It does, and everything that could conceivably go wrong does go wrong. It does, and they always do the wrong thing. They consistently do the wrong thing. Because they're college students and, and they're, they're boys. They're idiots, <laughs> yeah, but in the nicest possible way, we've all been there. It's interesting because there are so many films, films like Superbad, which it, I've, this definitely has roots in, the yeah. idea of... You know, having an everyone has seen those sorts of films set over a night where they have to get from A to B and something horrible happens in the middle. Um, although this is, of course, so steeped in racism and that adds this whole other element to it. The kind of comedy aspects are really, really, they are really funny. Oh, it but, is funny. But constantly you're reminded just how much is at stake yeah. I suppose which you don't necessarily get because the things that are at stake in Superbad is somebody not losing their virginity you know it's it's completely different whereas they could be charged with murder or killed yeah. themselves this, I think in its own way this is an important film and it I, is I do think people should go and see it or watch it I think it if you're home, a fan yeah. of Dear White People as well I think this definitely taps into why that was so funny and interesting and dark as well and we reviewed The Master yeah. which which was again set on a university campus Campus, and also about the kind of just really casual racism from people as well as some really messed up stuff in Master as well which goes much deeper and darker than this. Mm. Um, Our younger generations are much more open and flexible and are kind of happy to have conversations whereas perhaps this film looks at they might be saying the right things, but when it comes to doing the right thing, it's very, very different. Yeah. Um, I, I really, really recommend this, actually. I really enjoyed yeah. it. And so I think the camaraderie between the three guys the, yeah. is really, the really fun. Is, it's very fun. But it's, but it's not saccharine, is it? No. At no point, no. Um, so this is, it's called Emergency. It is on Amazon Prime and you can find it from the 27th of May. And it's a big thumbs up from us both for that one. Uh, now, finally, on to Pistol. It's on Disney Plus from Tuesday the 31st of May. It's the story of the kids who threaten to bring down the government and change music in Britain forever. Um, it's the Sex Pistols. And this drama is based on a memoir that I think I'm going to read now because it, it probably is really interesting. Steve Jones's memoir called Lonely Boy, Tales from a Sex Pistol. Um, it's directed by the legendary Danny Boyle. And here's the trailer. With the right guidance, you could change the world. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Sex Pistols. Punk has taken London's youth by storm. People's minds are too imprisoned. We want to destroy that so the future can emerge. We're going to kick this country awake if it kills us. My vision for the Sex Pistols is one of danger and desire. No, no. Whether you can play is not the criteria. It's whether you've got something to say. Come see us play. We're awful. 
I think that line, come and see us, we're really awful. That was what of, we had on our, that's why you're all here, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the great lines. It is. Toby Jones, not Toby Jones, Toby Wallace plays Steve Jones. <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be a big ask of Toby Jones. He is a good actor. Uh, Anson Boone is Johnny Rotten. Uh, Thomas Brody Sankster is Malcolm McLaren. Who you do know. I do know. The little and kid in Love, actually. Yeah, who's grown up and is nods. now old enough to play Malcolm yes. McLaren and Tallulah Riley. I was on Riley. Radio 4 with him once which was the most bizarre experience because you don't, you know, you're so used to seeing him in that role every Christmas man. and he's the most dapper man ever. It's really strange, yeah. God, and Tallulah Riley is Vivian Westwood so those are all sort of leading characters in the, the saga of the Sex Pistols. Now, young Rihanna, how much did you know about this period of, <laughs> of our nation's proud history? Um, I, it was really lovely actually having Danny Boyle tell me all about this history because he does do it in a in a really gratifying kind of way doesn't he it's it's such a rich tapestry of filth and nastiness yeah (laughs) there's a scene where they are all just playing there's the band are playing then they somebody starts a fight and then they just spit at each other back and forth. It's what we used to do back in the 70s. <laughs> it yeah. was just absolute, it's vile. And then there'd be a power cut. Honestly, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> but it just, it gives you such a great insight into actually, you could, you can taste it, you could smell it, like the vomit, the splatter, you know, it's all in there. And Danny Boyle is so good. I mean, he literally took us into a toilet in train spotting and did that in the sort of like, weirdly, the most poetic way possible. So you do sort of trust him to lead you through... I guess because he is trying to introduce new audiences mm. to the Sex Pistols. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're... Genuinely, I don't think their music bears revisiting. <laughs> uh, but what they did is certainly worth worth hearing about. Uh, what, my sadness is I think it would have made a brilliant film. Yeah. I would have loved a, an absolutely fast and furious 90 minutes of this. Yes. And I think maybe over a series... Because I don't know. Sid and Nancy was yeah. the film, I suppose. And it's quite nice that we've... It's not so much about Sid Vicious, or at least not up to episode three, where I've got up to. Yeah. But from... Steve Jones. Steve Jones's perspective. Yeah, and his, his Steve Jones was, was in the band, but he was one of the lesser-known pistols. Yes. And had a terribly sad, blooming awful childhood. Yeah. Awful. Um, and a, a sort of level of abuse I didn't know about, I must admit. And you certainly see it in the series um, and it's pretty unsparing and I was quite shocked by it actually it is shocking I mean it is yeah. shocking oh, it it's should a, be it's shocking it's a shocking yeah. series uh, there are as you say all these other people that come in and out of it Vivian Westwood and Malcolm McLaren who perhaps deserve a series of their own mm. I almost wanted to go off with them with them yeah Maisie Williams plays a famous Jordan famous model yes very famous and again I would wanted to go more in and it's also Maisie Williams who was wicked in this I thought she was really interesting so perhaps it's when you have a six part is it a six part yes, yeah. yeah when you have that much time and then you don't actually get to spend time with the characters that you do want to spend time with mm. that is a little bit frustrating yeah but but Toby Wallace is phenomenal I don't know if any of you have seen um Baby Teeth which is an Australian film and it's a really lovely film and he's he's Australian which you wouldn't know watching this he's a very very good actor and very versatile and very young yeah so you've seen three episodes yes i've only seen the first episode of this i definitely will watch more but i still think there's probably a brilliant feature film to be made about this that isn't sid and nancy yeah i think you're probably right but danny boyle completely understands 
what he's been tasked with. I yeah, think no, th- this is it is it's funny at times. It's yeah. does take you back to the um, the clip of the Brotherhood of Man and <laughs> save your the- save your kisses for me. <laughs> that won the Eurovision Song Contest. It was a proud night for Britain, um, but it does now look utterly, utterly ridiculous. It, I mean, it, but also at the beginning he peppers it with um, like like footage of Carry On and yeah. you know yeah, Barbara yeah. Windsor's bra pinging off pinging and off all carry of that. on camping yeah and, and yeah. so you're you know I, we do tend to see I guess the sort of that quite middle class version of the 70s and just seeing it in all its I mean it is like a real cacophony of noise just when they were doing their practice and shouting at each other and they're all quite revolting to look at no, they really well Paul Cook's all right now, as I say. He's oh, well, sorry, into, he's got a cravat now. Yeah. But, you know, back in the day, you know, they do, they do try and make this as obnoxious and as gross as possible, and they really do succeed. It's quite a fun... You don't want to be in it for too long. No. It's not a world you want to inhabit. I think it's... But, treat yourself to one episode and then give yourself a break. Watch, yeah. watch the repair shop and then come back to... <laughs> but the fact that it's on Disney to. Plus really makes me laugh. Yeah, that, by the way, that I'm glad you mentioned that. That is weird that Disney is now funding. Well, yes, frankly, because if this. We, we did we talk about Fresh on the podcast? Which no, I don't think we did. Which is a film with um, Daisy Edgar Jones from Normal People about cannibalism, uh, which is a dark, messed up film. And this is it's a Disney film. Like this is this does blow my mind now. Yeah. Disney are definitely venturing out past. Aladdin. It's a long way from Minnie Mouse, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Uh, so I, I enjoyed it. I'm not going to watch more. Same for you? You're going to finish so. the series? I think so. I think I will finish it, yeah. All right, okay. So that is Pistol, and it's available now. Disney Plus from Tuesday the 31st of May. The Radio Times magazine is out this Wednesday, and our cover star this week is no less an individual than the Queen herself, who is about to celebrate her platinum jubilee. It's a great photo. Got beautiful blue eyes, and they match her... I'm going to say that's a chunky necklace, that one, isn't it? Of sapphires. It is. Sapphire, is it? It's absolutely lovely. That is the cover of the Radio Times. Make sure you get it because there's absolutely oodles of unmissable content in the Radio Times mag every week. Comes out on a Wednesday, as does this podcast. Uh, We do have a quiz every week. um, And the best thing about the quiz is not the quiz, actually. It's the fanfare. And um, this guy's going to be really busy over the next couple of weeks helping the Queen with the Platinum Jubilee. (laughs) But he's upstairs with Billy, the engineer, and he's available now to play the fanfare for the What We watch quiz here we go This week, brilliantly, I get to ask Rihanna to name the TV year. Now, it may be that this week you can help in the audience because, yes. let's be honest, she's not very good at this. <laughs> it's partly because she hasn't lived that long, so she doesn't actually remember all that much. <laughs> but here's your first clue. You should be all right. OK. Um, it's the year that 24 made its TV oh. debut. It starred Kiefer Sutherland, and I've got a soft spot for him, as counter-terrorist agent Jack Bauer. It ran for eight seasons... And here is a lovely nostalgia fest for me. Here's the clip. We have reason to believe that by the end of the day, an attempt will be made on David Palmer's life. An international crisis is about to explode. First African-American with a real shot at the White House. And counterterrorism expert Jack Bauer will have just 24 hours to stop it. If Palmer gets hit, they'll tear this country apart. Now, every second is crucial. There may be an element inside the agency involved with a hit on Palmer. Every minute counts. You're going to blackmail a district director? He's got information that I need. 
and every hour. Don't trust anybody. The danger grows. Not even your own people. I've forgotten what that was like. <laughs> yeah, I've honestly never seen an episode of 24. Haven't you? No, my dad used to watch it and I used to wander down and wander straight back up again when oh, it was I on. I was completely addicted and I did sometimes used to wonder, he never went to the loo in that 24 hours, <laughs> ever. Uh, and so he got such a lot done because he didn't have to bother with stuff like that. Uh, he was if able it, to save the world. Went on for eight series, so yeah. it was a, a day, a series? Yes. Wow. Yeah, 24, it's called cool, You know, like, yeah, was it, were they consecutive days? Okay, let's move on. Uh, the, the film <laughs> Monsters, Inc. was released in... Oh. This year, this oh, okay. Year. The main characters yeah. are two monsters, uh, Sully and his one-eyed partner and best friend, <laughs> Mike Wazowski, who are employed at the energy-producing factory Monsters, Inc., which generally... Like you've never seen the film, Jane. <laughs> my kids, Monsters, my Inc. Kids, my kids didn't watch telly ever. Um, it generates power by scaring human children. Here it is. Sounds horrible. <laughs> I'm telling you, Big Daddy, you're going to be seeing this face on TV a lot more often. Yeah, like on Monstropolis is most wanted. <laughs> you've been jealous of my good looks since the fourth grade, pal. <laughs> Have a good day, sweetie. You too, hon. Ooh, okay, Sully, hop on in. Nope. Uh-uh. Hey, 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 uh-uh. hey, where you going? Mikey, what are you there's doing? a scream shortage. We're walking. Walking? Yep. No, 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 my, my baby, look, she needs to be driven. My baby, I'll call you. Does that oh. help you? It's so, yes, it absolutely does, actually. It's such a good film. Do you know who those two leads were? No. Billy Crystal and John Goodman. Oh. Yeah. Wow, did anybody else know that? Yeah, I, yes. Okay. <laughs> But this is one that resonates with all of us, OK? Uh, one of the most attractive men on earth, Steve McFadden. EastEnders' Phil Mitchell yeah. was wounded by a mystery gunman on his doorstep in one of the most memorable TV storylines of the year. Who shot Phil? Who, who shot Phil? It was watch this episode, and what would they give for ratings like this these days? 17 million viewers. Phil. Phil, am I? Ambulance straight away, please. Albert Square, you 20. As fast as you can, all right? I'm telling you, if I hadn't shouted out, Phil would have brained him. He was standing over him with a scaffold pole, he was. Oh, I don't know. Why are there always fights at weddings? That's because we invite men, isn't it? That's <laughs> no, because we all get tense watching some other poor sap get snared. Barry will come round, you know. Oh, my God, Beppe DeMarco. Yeah, I still miss Beppe. Oh, yeah, yeah. I miss his little soul patch. Uh, and by the way, there aren't always fights at weddings, only in EastEnders. <laughs> um, the final clues are films of the year included A Beautiful Mind, The Piano Teacher and Enigma. What year do you think this is? 2001. It's 2001. 100%. Monsters, Inc. gave it away. It was indeed <laughs> 2001. Yay! Hooray! Great. Thank goodness for that. Yeah, that was a superb effort by the studio audience. We appreciate it. <laughs> if you want to contact this podcast, this is what you have to do. It is podcast at radiotimes.com or you can find us on Twitter, on Facebook and Instagram at Radio Times. The magazine comes out every Wednesday. And if you still want more, don't forget Smart TV, the weekly What to Watch podcast, is around 10 minutes long and it's hosted by Radio Times TV expert David Butcher. The Radio Times podcast is produced by... Something else. For... Immediate Media. Thank you. Thank you also to the BFI for today and to our wonderful audience. 
Sessions. If you want a list of the programmes we've discussed today and where to find them, go to the episode notes wherever you get your podcast and do follow to get episodes. And please tell everyone because it does help us to keep making this. Thank you very much indeed for coming and uh, keep listening. Thank you very much. Take care. (laughs) 